Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever day it is for you listening in. It is the day of the opening ceremony of the Olympic Games. It is the day that a South African hockey player will be one of our flag bearers at the Olympic Games. Pumalela Mbanda named as one of the two flag bearers. Of course, something new in Tokyo is that there will be a man and woman uh, carrying the flag. So, uh, Pumalela Mbanda carrying the flag for South Africa alongside Chad Leclerc. A really great moment. And of course, we are less than 24 hours away now <clears throat> from the opening games of the tournament. South Africa men take on Great Britain, a game that only ever really happens at the Olympics. And of course, the women take on Ireland, who just so happened to be the last team they played in an official test match more than a year and a half ago, almost. Of course, you don't want to hear from me, uh, not that much at least, so I've got a panel of experts and Justin uh, who will help us take us through this these two games. We're going to start this morning with uh, Olympian, who uh, you know represented South Africa at both field hockey and water polo. She's been involved with the women's team. So uh, it's morning while we're recording this. So good morning, Marcel. Good morning, Tyron, and all the other legends that are on here too. I'm so privileged to be with the Reed Rosses. Uh, just correction, Tyron, I was never fortunate enough to go to the Olympics for hockey. We actually missed Rio, and yeah. I missed London. And uh, the women are actually debuting in the very, very first Olympics for water polo. So... It's quite an awesome um, occasion, and I get to miss it. <laughs> but <laughs> it is. I mean, obviously, the two sports you had uh, that you were a national player of, uh, you went to the World Cup and, and the, the FINA World Aquatic Games. Um, yeah. I mean, it must, it must be, although frustrating, also really cool to see both your sports there at the Olympics. Oh, it, I, am, I am so happy, obviously, for the, the players that have been training all the way through, but also just for the the future of our sport it's um it is massive missing out on rio was a, a it was a big hole in our um i'm thinking of hockey at the moment it was a big hole in our hockey and um uh it did it did set us back a bit but um it's really really awesome to see the ladies and men go out there for this year and then for the water polo i mean it is actually surreal i actually cannot believe that south africa are representing at the water polo. I mean, for the ladies, especially because it's the first time ever, but for the men, this is, I think the last time since 1966. So it's, yeah. I mean, it's like just mind blowing. It's huge. What's pretty cool and as well is, uh, is yeah. that Kate Woods' husband, Duncan, is, is the head coach. Exactly. Oh, wow. Another, another oh, friend yeah. of the show who was on the podcast yeah. on Monday. So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, and, and Justin, you, you've uh, jumped in before I could introduce you. <laughs> I, I don't need to introduce Justin because... No, I'm part uh, of the furniture. On, on his CV, it's actually Hockey, uh, the podcast co-host now. Um, Pretty much. But uh, we have the finest uh, generation of uh, Reed Ross together with you today. Uh, Definitely Reed the Ross. finest, yeah. <laughs> Dimples. Uh, <laughs> the finest. Thanks for joining, uh, Dimples. Obviously, you're over in, in Holland right now, so you don't. Uh, that's why you are together in one place. But, I mean, how are you feeling yeah. about the Olympics? It's been nine years since South Africa went, obviously, since your son Justin was there and iconically has made his way into Australia's uh, Olympic announcement video. I <laughs> saw that. <laughs> but, I mean, 
excited for South Africa to be there and obviously excited for the games to get underway? Absolutely. So, um, you know, I, uh, my daughter-in-law this morning referred to me as a hockey nerd. And she's 100% correct. Um, I follow every game. Um, I follow, obviously, the Hofstklasse I have for the last 12 years. And uh, Supersport are very good about uh, showing most of the Pro League games. So I never miss any of those. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm obviously very excited uh, that South Africa are at, uh, represented. The men and women are both represented uh, at the Olympics. I've got no doubt that uh, it's the biggest hockey tournament uh, around um, and uh, yeah fantastic that we're there and really hope that uh, you know we can do ourselves proud which I'm sure we will well and and we have the opportunity starting tomorrow against Great Britain uh, Justin you obviously you've got the opportunity of playing against Great Britain in 2012 uh, I can say it here because I'm not in an essay hockey capacity here but frankly an, an atrocious umpiring decision robbed us of a victory it ended with a, a 2-2 draw Probably one of the finest uh, performances a South African team has had at the Olympics without getting the results. Um, you know, what's it like playing a, a team like Great Britain, which is a collection of countries? Does, does it give opportunity or is it something that almost becomes a little bit more challenging? Uh, interesting question, Ty. I think obviously in London it was quite special playing as the host nation, packed crowd, Riverbank Arena. Um, and I don't know. I think for the last while, there's been a bit of niggle between South Africa and, and England in particular, but that obviously carries through the GB games. And uh, I think for a long time, when I was growing up, we we were all over England and GB. We were way better. And then they came, kind of came in with their centralized program, a lot of money being pumped in, a lot of sponsors. And uh, yeah, I think we can honestly say that they've overtaken us in leaps and bounds over the last couple of years. So to get that result there, uh, result that, uh, you know, it should have been three points, to get the draw in the end, I think was a really big result for us um, and gave us a really big boost going into our next few games, which we weren't able to capitalize on. But um, yeah, I think interesting question about, about the squad, you know, normally uh, the GB side is made up mostly of England players. So if you've played England in the last couple of cycles then you'll, then you'll have a good idea about who you're going to be coming up against. Um, this tournament's a bit different. I think they've thrown in a couple of Welsh internationals, um, that I, I I believe is a very, very good idea. Um, but at the same time, they've also left, left out a player who I think probably would have been their most dangerous um, in the tournament. That's Alan Forsyth, uh, top goal scorer in the English League for the last five years. Um, yeah, really, really interesting that they've decided to leave him out. So um, with that in mind, I think there's opportunity for, for South Africa today, tomorrow. I really do think if they want to get something out of the pool phase of this tournament, they need to start off tomorrow with either a point or, or a victory um, to set themselves up before going into the games against, uh, yeah, I guess what you would say are the, the bigger nations in the pool being Belgium, the Netherlands and, and Germany. Yeah, and David, let's bring you in here. Yeah? Obviously, uh, Forsyth being left out, a lot of people see that as an advantage for anyone playing Great Britain. But there is a young man there, the 2019 Rising Star, he was a nominee there and he uh, was arguably a player who many felt should have been player of the tournament at the European Championships, uh, Zach Wallace. He is a, a man in incredible form. What, what, I mean, what do you make of the Great Britain squad and particularly Wallace? I, I Well, let's talk about Wallace first. Um, there was that fantastic bit of skill that he showed uh, I think picked the ball off the keeper's pads his own keeper's pads and then used 3D skills to get the ball out of the circle so I think that just shows the quality of the player I, can't, I think it was maybe against Germany I'm not sure 
in the pro league game. And I mean, that shows to be able to do that under pressure in your own circle. That's one thing to do in the attacking circle, but in your own circle against a team like Germany, um, that shows the confidence of the man and the skill levels that he has. So um, fantastic player. And uh, yeah, so he's certainly one to watch. Um, my opinion in general of, of, of GB, I think they're a really, really good team. But personally, I'm not sure that they're right up there with the Belgium, Netherlands, um, Germany. Um, I think they're probably a little bit more inconsistent, I think. Uh, even though they beat Germany in the last Pro League uh, games, I think the Germans were missing most of their top players who were busy with uh, you know, league commitments. Uh, I think there were some league finals that were taking place, uh, maybe EHL, I think it was that weekend. So yeah. the German team was missing quite a few players. Uh, sorry, the, uh, the GB team were missing a few players. So uh, I think this is a great opportunity for South Africa to get a point or three. Um, I'm sure the GB team will be nervous. They will be expected to win this game. And the longer this game stays at 0-0, or maybe if we can get, get up early, um, you know, it can rattle them. And I think it's a great opportunity for us to, to take some points uh, tomorrow. Uh, having said that, if I can just also talk about uh, the last time GB won the Olympics was uh, the, in, in my era, 1988. Um, and the key there was a fellow called Ian Taylor, who was rated um, best goalkeeper in the world at that stage. And they made a very interesting call. They picked a young goalkeeper, the GB, for the, this Olympics, um, a fellow called Oli Payne. I think only made his debut earlier this year. Um, and that's a, that's a big call. So um, I think he's a proper keeper. I think he's a good player. Um, but he's going to be tested, I think. And um, so that's maybe an opportunity to rattle the cage there a little bit and see how he handles the pressure. Yeah, I think, sorry, sorry I'm gonna, go for it. <laughs> no, it's quite interesting to hear um, you talking about the, the GB men because on the other hand, the GB ladies, they're actually coming back from um, winning the games, the last games in Rio. So um, it's, it's, I wonder what the, the two different programs are doing that the ladies have just remained so competitive um, compared to the men. That's very interesting. I didn't even, that is ho proper hockey nerd information there. 1988 was the last time that the yeah, GBT yeah. won. That's very, yeah. yeah. And I think the last time they won the Euros was 2009, if I'm not mistaken. So they, they, they do for a, for, for a victory. Yeah. Well, but you, you bring up the Euros, Justin. Uh, obviously, uh, this is something that we, we have the advantage of here is that we've seen our opposition in action, obviously, pro league. Obviously, at the Euros, England were, were their own country there. We saw Wales with an incredible result against um, uh, France, uh, a really superb result. Um, but one of the other players who was very impressive for England, specifically at penalty corner times and with the journey that he's overcome, was Sam Ward. South Africa, though, have a very special penalty corner player in Matt Guys-Brown. You, more than anyone else, Justin have the credibility to talk about penalty corners. How important is GB going to be for South Africa? And GB being uh, Guys Brown, not Great Britain. Not Great Britain. Look, I think um, you, you obviously mentioned Sam Ward. Um, I think Sam's obviously overcome a hell of a lot in his career. Uh, and I still think he's got limited vision out of the eye that, that, was, that was injured. So essentially, he's actually flicking with, with, with one eye, um, which makes his kind of comeback even more... Uh, remarkable, I think. Um, and Sam's, yeah, he's an unconventional player, full of energy, uh, very, very dangerous in the circle. Um, 
but I'm not sure I'd put him up there with the world's best in terms of drag flick ability. Uh, he does convert when he needs to, and he's, he showed that during the Euros as well. But I'm not entirely sure whether he's going to end up in the top uh, three or four flickers of the tournament in terms of conversion. Um, if we are able as South Africa to get a couple of corners uh, during this competition, I am almost certain that Matt Guys Brown can finish uh, in the top two or three uh, conversion uh, numbers when it comes to flicking. Um, GB is an absolute beast of a, of a man. He's a big boy. He's got a lot of power behind his flick, but he's also got the ability to place his flicks really well. And he's worked with Quan Brown in the UK for a long time at, at club hockey level. So I think if we can give him the opportunity, and obviously he's being backed up by guys like Austin Smith at the top of the circle. You've got Jet Eustace up there. You've got Dan Bell who's come to the squad recently. Um, I think if we're quite smart about the way we play uh, as South Africa, I think we, we're going to look to put the ball on feet in the circle and, and try and get as many corners as possible and let the guys have shots at the keepers. Um, I'm not sure, apart from maybe Belgium in our pool, uh, I'm, I'm not entirely sure of the quality of the keepers all around, uh, to be completely honest. Yeah, look, uh, it, it's very interesting that, um, you know, we talk about the fact that we'll go with penalty corners because one of the things about this team that is maybe a bit different uh, from, from our team in 2012. We had a very structured team in 2012, technically very strong. Um, but our front line, we had Julian Hikes, we had Lloyd Norris-Jones, who, uh, um, who could really turn it on in terms of pace. But that's one thing that is very ca- characteristic of Gareth Ewing's side, is the pace in attack. And that front five or six, Billy and Tuli, Diane Kasim, Mustafa Kasim. The other thing that plays largely in, in their favour is that many of them are unknown quantities. Now, although that is a, a difficult thing that they have not necessarily shown on the world stage, um, is that going to be something that the likes of Great Britain, I mean, they'll, they'll know guys, Brown, they'll know Austin Smith because they've yeah. watched them, they've, they've seen them. Will this unknown factor be a big part of our plan and is it something we can use to, to shock GB tomorrow? I, th- I think it has to be. I mean, if you've got young players that haven't been seen on the world stage yet, they've got nothing to lose. Um, and as a nation, I think we've got nothing to lose at the Olympics. I mean, not a lot of people are going to be coming in uh, expecting us to perform. Uh, and I think that's something that we've had for the last couple of tournaments. Although in London, to be honest, I think we had a more established squad, like you said, and maybe there was some more expectation. Um, we've got a bunch of young guys that are technically very, very gifted, uh, not lacking confidence. And they've got to take that through. And and And... I think no matter what the result is of the first couple of games, you're coming up against the best in the world. And what better moment in your career to, to show what you're able to do than, than at the Olympics against the best in the world. Um, the guys can play without fear. The expectation uh, on them in particular, especially the younger players, is going to be far less than the more established guys. Um, and, and I think that's a nice combination to have. You've got a couple of players that are going to make sure the structure's there um, and communication's there and making sure that, that they stick to the game plan. But, I think you've got to let the young guys have their moment to to play with freedom and with without in uh, with inhibition, without inhibition, <laughs> no. um, and 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 just enjoy the moment. I think that's 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 got to be something that's got to come that's got to come out, in the, especially in the first game against GB. You've got to shake off the the nerves. You maybe don't have the the effect that the crowd uh, has because they're not going to be there. It's going to be pretty eerie in, uh, feeling, I think, in the stadium. But yeah, it also gives you the opportunity to kind of play like there's nobody watching. And that's sometimes uh, the best thing for a hockey player, I think. 
If I can just add, I, yeah. I saw an article where Adam Dixon uh, said, you know, they, they haven't played uh, against South Africa for a long time. So they're an unknown quantity, and that's got to be an advantage to South Africa. Um, they, they're not expected to, to perform. Um, you know, your, your average neutral uh, hockey spectator out there will be expecting a win for GB. And um, I think, you know, that's to our advantage. So hopefully we can, we can use it. Now, I, as, as Justin says, I think the guys must play without fear. They must not be scared to take players on. Um, and uh, put them under pressure. As I said, young I keeper as well. So, yeah. Sorry, Marcel. I also think with the, um, with the players too, I think there's some really exciting young men that are in that team there. And they also haven't played many international games. So they too also, they might know the names of all these international players, but they have themselves haven't played against them. So yeah. I think that could be a tiny little mental edge, especially if I look at the names of the players that are stepping onto the field. I think they, they won't hold anything back and they're almost quite confident to take on the names that they've heard and that they've never played against. Dave, uh, Dimps, I, I wanted to ask you, Dimples, uh, the, the sure. men have also been um, hit by the, uh, by the fact that they unfortunately have had two withdrawals from the squad, Clinton Panther and Mo Mia. Of course, Mo Mia flew all the way over there and was a, a late withdrawal. Clinton was before they left. Um, you know, Rustin and Dan were both in the camps in Potchestrom. But, you know, how much does a call like that um, unsettle a team and a coaching staff ahead of the games? I've got no doubt it will, it will have an impact. Uh, but hopefully, you know, we, we can overcome it. Um, again, you know, if you, if you look at our, our preparation, uh, I, because of for geographical reasons and probably financial yeah, we're unable to prepare as well as, as other teams. But having said that, I'm sure they will have trained as a big squad. So, uh, yes, it will be a disruption, but I don't think it's going to be make or break, personally. Um, I think we have relatively good depth. And, uh, you know, I, th I think it's also up to the players mentally to, to overcome that and the coaching staff to ensure that the players overcome that mentally. And to go into and say, well, yeah, we, we, this is our squad and we're gonna, this is the squad we're going to do it with and, and make it happen. So uh, I'm hoping that psychologically the players can overcome that uh, before the start of the, of the first game and get in and go flat out tomorrow um, against GB. So I'm, I'm saying, no, I don't think it'll have a major influence. Yeah, it's not something you can really take the time to linger on. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you're going straight into the biggest tournament in your life. And I think a guy like Rustin, who's just come in last minute, Again, he's got to take the opportunity with both hands and 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 just kind of get get in, get it, get acclimatized as quickly as possible, and and realize that he's been selected. That means he's good enough to be there. Um, and like I think Sia said on Monday during the during the during the chat that we had is, you know, I'm sure he's had co uh, contact with Mo. I think they they would have spoken it out as well because you kind of come into that situation having that feeling of maybe a bit of guilt taking somebody else's place. Uh, and it's something that we had to broach with with Clint Panther, who came into the squad very late in the tournament in uh, in London with us. Obviously, it's happened the other way for him now. But um, I think the guys coming into the squad, Dan Bell's got got good European experience. He's been overseas for quite a long time. Um, and Rustin, I think, again, is one of those unknown quantities that that's coming in without any fear and 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 yeah, has the opportunity now to show what he's capable of on the world stage. Just. You went to 2012, it was your first Olympic Games, but there were a few players in the team that had been before. How much of an impact do those players make on the team? Because it can be quite an over-oaring uh, experience. It's, I mean, as, as you've said, you, you, 
you know, bumping shoulders with some of the most iconic athletes in world history. And, you know, it's, it's a weird situation to be in, to know, uh, as Polo quite nicely said in, on Monday, that you're there because you're a world star too. And yeah. you're standing there next to Djokovic or Fedra or Serena Williams or the golfers or whatever. You know, does that experience of being at the Olympics before? And, and, and I'll ask that because the men have five players who've been there. Is that experience yeah. something that's going to help calm down the team, calm the nerves? Did it play an impact for you guys in 2012? Yeah, I think I think what helped obviously as well is having Clarky as coach, who'd uh, you know had his own experiences uh, at, at, at the top level, uh, you know, been to the games and knew exactly what what to expect. Um, and Clarky was very good at, at those types of preparations as well. So between him and and, and Austin in particular, um, you know, these are things that we broached early on during our during our preparations, even when we were still with a really big squad. Of what you could expect, you know what what your mental approach needed to be, and how you how you handle the distractions because there are going to be distractions. You can't block them out. You can't say, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be laser focused for the entire games. It's impossible. Um, I think it's about trying to balance your t- your downtime and the time that you have to kind of just be a normal person uh, at the games and enjoy being around all these top athletes and the and and the village and the food and everything else that comes with it, um, and then being able to switch modes into you know, this is this is what I'm here to do. I'm not here to, I'm not here to play at the Olympics. I'm here to achieve something for my team at the Olympics. And I think that's that's the mental shift that you have to make. Um, I think a lot of players have the kind of end goal of playing at the Olympic Games, but playing at the Olympics isn't good enough. You, you're there to perform. You're there to get the best out of yourself. And and for the young players in particular, you're there to set up yourself as a future star. Um, and that's something that the guys need to obviously be aware of and t- and take take along with them throughout the tournament and you know if you have a day off or bad or bad day at at the office or on the field that doesn't mean that your whole tournament's over um you know you've still got that whole experience that you have to take through for the rest of the for the rest of the time you're you're active at the game so um i think having guys like like austin like tane payton um like timmy drummond you know russie these older players that have been around and, and have that experience um the young guys, I think, need to tap into that and, and sit with these guys often and ask questions and, and and ask them how they deal with these things because that experience is something that you that you yeah uh, I think is going to be vital to to the to the, the squad as a whole going through the tournament. Marcel, you've played tournament sport before. How important is it to get off to a good start, even if it's not in result, it's in performance? How important for both the men and the women? that they put a good foot forward? Because we know South Africa at tournaments, from a hockey point of view, we often click too late in the tournament. We, we play our best hockey uh, later on. How important is it that we try and click in terms of performance very quickly? So, so Tyre, for me, that, um, <laughs> that click should have happened way before the actual tournament starts. So the preparation is the click that happens. And then also they have been playing the pre-games now. They've played one or two pre-games too. So that click is starting to happen. Yes, they have to iron out a few things here and there, but that click needs to start happening in those pre-games. So you, you like, like Justin said, you in business, you are ready to step onto the field and then, you st- you starting your tournament and it's just it's just maybe a matter of fact that it's um one of the pool games in the tournament but all the preparation up to that is when you have to click into gear and you have to get it right 
then when it gets into that um, final game and that first pool game, things should have already have happened and started rolling on. So if you can get the, the preparation right and your mental state right, then by the time you reach that first pool game, I think that um, you should already start being in that um, competition mode. So I, but I, I mean, think, it, like you said, sorry, Tyron, like no, you no. said, it is, it is important for the for our teams to, you know, don't get caught up in the big moments and really just go out for the first game. Well, I mean, you speak about the mental side of stuff, and, and it's one of the big things that we've sold on the men's side of the game is that they've done a lot of work on the mental side. The men have been a little bit more visible because they've played the Namibia series, they've played the CTM showdown. The woman that's been very much closed doors. Now you have been behind those closed doors a little bit. You've seen what it's like. Um, you know, it was it was almost a case of with the men, everyone could fairly guess the 16 uh, and you'd get very close bar maybe two or three. Where the woman was a little bit more of a closed book. Um, Pam has kept his cards close to his chest. Um, obviously, a few of us have been allowed inside to see what's happening. What would you say their mental state is compared to maybe some previous uh, teams that you've been involved in? Are they in a good place? And um, how would you, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, characterize the team that he's put together? So I think that um, you are quite right. It has been quite a closed um, camp. But in a way, I think that is working for the, the women. I think that they um, have really, really spent time focusing on themselves. Um, it is a big change, I think, this team. The, like you said, the, the 16, you could have guessed the, the men's 16, but the ladies have been a little bit un unpredictable. But um, I think it's in a good way. And um, the more that they've focused on themselves and at the camps and all of that preparation, I think they've really pushed each other mentally and physically in those situations. The one plus is that they've had almost a centralized training in Joburg. So they really have been living, breathing, eating, sleeping, hockey, and in that squad too. So it's quite a, a close knit. And um, they've had their challenges. They, they most definitely have had their challenges. But I think that's only made them grow a little bit closer together. And um, I think they're going in here. The, the group is it's quite an exciting group. I'd say it's a very, very young group going through. So definitely a lot of nerves. But I think they're stepping into this, grabbing every single opportunity possible. I mean, a year back when they were, it was almost a different two teams that were going. But now with this extra year, they've almost like said, well, you know what, now this this is our moment, this is our chance, and um, we're just going to take it. And we are so grateful to finally step onto that field and finally play. So I think you can only be in a good mental space. You finally got there. Kitty, if, if I can just ask a question, because I, I don't know a lot about the setup uh, yeah. and about the squad. Um, yeah. But I from having looked at it and looking at some of the players that aren't there, I feel like they may be missing a little bit of experience. Um, yeah. You know, especially looking at a player like Dirkie Chamberlain, who's been a, a superstar here in the Hofstra. Yeah, had season. a great season. Had a great season. Scored, well, okay, scored a, a, a number of goals, was was a, a, you know, a linchpin for that team. Um, yeah. You know, 
how, how do you think that's going to play a role of, of not having that experience of somebody that, that's been playing in Europe, has, you know, a, a load of goal scoring ability? Um, you know, what's the role going to be of her not being but- Exactly. And if you look at the squad, I mean, we do have a lot of young players that are coming into the squad. Also, barring that we do have seniors in that team. They may not be senior with the amount of caps that they have, but they have been around a long time and they carry quite a lot of senior um, leadership in that role. And it is unfortunate that Durkee isn't going because she is such a um, great goal scorer, amazing, and she's been great in the work for the and um, we will miss her, most definitely. I think that the vision that um, Rob, Rob van Ginkel is looking is that straight after this Olympics, we go into Commonwealth Games and then we go into the World Cup. So it is kind of a fresh, a fresh team and a team that's going to be building a lot and that is going to be the new age and looking forward. So... Um, I do, I do think it is a good um, balance of senior with some exciting youngsters too. Um, but, uh, yeah, so th- we will have to see when the games start, eh? Yeah. Well, it, it, it poses a good question because, as we said, the girls haven't played uh, official international match since February last year. They played Ireland and... It wasn't a great outing then, unfortunately. Um, Ireland was still carrying the high of the 2018 World Cup run. Now, I have some good friends in Hockey Ireland, and we know that momentum for them crashed a little bit with COVID. We saw at the European Championships, they struggled. They have not qualified for the World Cup yet, which is, I mean, two years ago, you think is unreal. They are there for the taking. The question is... Will South Africa take the opportunity? Yeah, that is huge, Tyron. And I think they also lost their coach too. So that is also a big, um, that also unsettles the camp too. I think, you know, teams like the, the Germans and the Dutch and the GB team, their programs run no matter what. Their programs continue to go. And even with that um, year of COVID that everybody battled with a lot, I think programs like Ireland and South Africa we will battle because maybe we don't have the best um, club system, club structure and, and continuous tough games all the time. I think that um, a team like that, once they've rolled off that World Cup and that hype and that excitement and that uh, the camp was going so good, you know, that was a fairy tale World Cup. And could they continue that for the next few years? Well, we, we don't know. Um, there are a few players in that team, like Anna O'Flanagan, Nikki Daly, Shirley McKay has been there for a long time. So those those senior players will have come from that World Cup and they would still be. But, you know, missing out on a year of that um, preparation, it's going to affect quite a lot of teams. And... Um, I think that they will still, I mean, they're Irish. They're always going to have their tails up and lots of energy. But I also agree with you that if anything, that um, it would be South Africa's chance to compete against them now, most definitely. We we obviously have a young lady named Edith Madikwe who is making her outdoor debut. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, her surname is pronounced Madikwe, spelt with an L before I get hate mail for that. Um, but, uh, you know, 
she is not an international debutant. She has 33 indoor caps for South Africa. And she was part of a team that played Ireland uh, in indoor, where they won the series 5-0, comfortably beating Ireland. Of course, Ireland have Naomi Carroll, who played in that series. Dimbles, how much of, of that kind of mental state where Edith has played Ireland, she's beaten Ireland? Yes, it was in the indoor game. But in your opinion, and as a coach, Dimples, like how much of that could benefit the South African performance? I think it can benefit them hugely. Uh, again, it's up to the individual to believe in herself and say, I'm on the world's biggest stage. Uh, I can do this. I've proved to myself I can compete at this level, albeit indoor hockey or field hockey. It doesn't matter in my opinion. Um, it's a confidence thing. She needs to take that confidence in and say, I've done this before and I'm going to do it again. Uh, I have no doubt that the uh, coaching staff will have targeted this game as uh, – uh, one of the games where they want to get three points. So if they can go in, into this game with a correct mental approach, uh, be confident from the word go, believe in themselves, uh, I think they can do it. Uh, Ireland, as we said, an incredible World Cup in 2018, uh, you know, overachieved massively, um, just getting to the final, obviously got a bit clobbered in the final, but that's against the Netherlands. That's another story. But they, were, they performed superbly. Um, great keeper as well. Obviously, I'm going to talk about the keeper, but she's a really good player, Asia McFerrin. Yeah. Um, I think she was keeper of the tournament, if I'm not mistaken, in 2018, and she's still there. I think she's coming to play in the Hof Klasse next year. Um, that's already. She's been there this year. Okay, yeah. so so you know that's uh, somebody else they're going to have to get past to to win the game. Uh, but yeah, to get back to your original question, Tyron, I think we can use this to our advantage, and um, hopefully the players can go in there with confidence and get some points. The other mental side that, that is obviously appealing, and as hockey fans, as the hockey family, we are very happy with this. We're very proud of it. But uh, Pumalela Mbanda is the flag bearer for South Africa. It's the first time that a hockey player will uh, carry the flag. She'll carry the one. Chad will carry the other. Um, and Justin, a, a moment like that, being recognized by Team South Africa as a sport of hockey, which has always seemed like we're on the outs with Saskok, to now be said, we want you to carry the flag. Will that give the team a little bit of lift? I mean, we know in, in, in a senior game like this, those inches, as Robert De Niro famously said, um, those inches can come from anywhere. Could this be something that gives those extra few inches? Yeah, certainly. I mean, I think that the pride, uh, you know, just when you mention that, I still get, I get the goosebumps and the chills down my, down my spine knowing that a hockey player is going to be, you know, leading Team South Africa into the Olympic Games. I mean, that that's something that I don't think I dreamt we'd ever see. Um, and and especially um, a, a female hockey player leading us into the Olympics is is exceptional. Um and I think that's going to have a massive, massive boost for not only the women's team, but for the men's team as well. Seeing hockey being at the front line of, of, of the, the opening ceremony, um, you know, it, it can't do anything but, but inspire you and, 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 you know, bring up that emotion that I think South Africa, uh, as a nation, we play our best, at, no matter what sport it is, we play our best when we're filled with emotion and passion. Um, and yeah, uh, just just thinking about it now makes me want to get up into the pitch. So I can, I can just imagine what those guys are going to be feeling. Those guys and girls are going to be feeling going into the opening ceremony, but also walking onto the pitch tomorrow, singing the anthem. Um, you know, and, and getting the tournament started. There's going to be a lot of lot of emotion. There's going to be a lot of stuff going through their minds. Um, 
but this is a moment of pride that I think we can all, uh, as hockey players uh, that have all played our role um, for South Africa over the years, I think we can be immensely proud of. And, and we've, we've all, yeah, we, I think we'll all be living this in our own, in our own little way uh, when, when we see it happening. And Marcel, I mean, you, you were one of the coaches that pushed Pumalela as a captain back in the PHL with the Blyde River Bunters. I mean, you must be absolutely stoked as well. I've actually just got a message from her right now saying, Keith, I cannot believe it. And like, if you had to hear the story of Pumi, how she's come through the ranks and how she's like this tiny schoolgirl in Peter Maritzburg. I mean, it's just, it is so inspiring and um, it's so deserved for her. And I think that this will give the team a massive boost. She is our, um, our vice captain. So when she has confidence like this going into a tournament, she is really, in those goals, she is unstoppable. She is really, really good in those goals. And I think this little booster of this confidence for the, the whole camp for South Africa, hockey, men, women, I think that it will really, really just set off the, um, our, our gears, our good old South African gears. And um, we can really, really step onto that field. And I know for a fact that these players are, and I love that Justin mentioned it, that when you go to the Olympics, we don't want to get that stupid wooden spoon participation award. That is like the worst thing you want to get. You want to go there and be competitive. You want to go there and um, not only participate, but um, showcase, you know, the, the talent that we have got and um, what we can do as like a South African hockey nation. So I think this, she is, she is amazing. And I've always thought that she is incredible. And at this moment for her is just a cherry on the top. Of course, we don't have to look far back. Go look at the Commonwealth Games. I think it was, it may have been the World Cup. It was, I think it was Commonwealth where she uh, played the game of her life against Argentina in a one-all draw. We know how good she can be. And, and, and obviously, we know that it'll be important. We're going to play some tough games. And uh, if Pumalela's eye is in, it's only going to be a good thing for South Africa. Uh, we're nearing the end of our time. But, you know, as we do on anything like this, we'd have to put you, ask you to put your neck on the block. Um, and so I'm going to ask you, because it's before the tournament starts, I'm going to ask you to pick a player from South Africa that is going to become a household name over the oh. next uh, 10 days. Marcel, we're going to start with you. Yeah, this is easy for the ladies because this player is, um, you know, goosebumps. Um, I'm probably going to get so much flack from the other girls, but Kristen Payton, KP, definitely a player to, to watch for this Olympics. She's in some serious physical condition. She's mentally really tough, and I think she's going to lead that midfield of the South African ladies team really, really well. Yeah, she, she is the, the one player I would expect to field very many calls from the Hoofde Klasse after the Olympics because she is that good. Justin, over to you. One player from uh, you. Very difficult question. I think you've got a couple of household names there already. Uh, you've got the likes of Austin Smith uh, in the mix. Um, and I think you've got a couple of really exciting players to watch, the Kasim brothers. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to put my neck out a bit and say Billy and Tuli is going to be the player that's going to stand out this tournament. I don't think he's lacking confidence. 
Uh, I think he's technically a fantastic, fantastic hockey player. Um, and I think together with guys like Mick Spooner, they, they're going to be driving the forward line uh, for South Africa. And I'm, I'm really hoping Billy can, can come to the party and show a little bit of that swagger that he's, that he's got and yeah, that fearlessness that, he, that he's shown building up to this tournament. Uh, I'm really hoping that Billy is going to be uh, the one to watch. Justin, that's not fair. Yeah. You named at least like six other names. <laughs> <in there. laughs> I yeah. said those are guys that could be ones to watch, but I chose one. I chose one. I could definitely, I'll definitely throw some more names out <laughs> I'm not in trouble. <laughs> uh, Dimples, over to you. Right, I'm going to go for one in the male, one in the female. Um, I'm nice. going to say uh, as, a, as an ex-keeper and from a female p- uh, point of view, I think Pumi is going to... Uh, be the superstar. I think uh, she's going to gain a lot of confidence from being a flag bearer and I think she's going to carry that over uh, into her play in the tournament. So I think she's my uh, my bet. Uh, from the men's point of view, I've seen the Kasim brothers. Uh, I, I think their skills are, are fantastic and if they can play uh, with confidence and uh, you know have the, the, the belief in themselves to, to take on opposing players, I think they can create a huge amount of damage. So I'll go with the Kasim brothers and that, Pumi. That's two. That's two. Well, yeah, so uh, do they're I both get great players. Yeah, just, just, just add the rest of the squad. Do, do I get added some more? Yeah. Uh, we, we'll let you add one more then. Okay, thank you. Thank you you so haven't given us a male better. player. <laughs> so um, obviously you're going to have your um, old stalwarts at the back there, like Lisa Beatrice and Celia Evans, that will, I think, really make a huge difference at the back. And yeah. then up front there. I mean, I could go on and, and <laughs> clap well, Connie to Bob's in the midfield to Lillian to see up front. Oh, and Tati Zulu. Very exciting. <laughs> so, uh, this sounds like the squad announcement, not uh, a pick your <laughs> top player. Stop now. Oh, no, fantastic stuff. Uh, Marcel, Justin, Dave, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we are so excited by the, the collection of people that we've got together. We will be seeing uh, some of you again in the, over the course of the tournament. Um, thank you for spending some time with us. And, and for the listeners, you know, it's South Africa versus Great Britain, 11.30 South African time. It's on Supersport Action Channel. It is apparently on SABC, but I cannot confirm which channel. Um, and if you are somebody who has a subscription and maybe a VPN to a certain Disney streaming service, Apparently, it'll be on there as well. Otherwise, I'm sure if you look online, you'll find it. You finish that off, and we follow that up with South Africa versus Ireland in the women's game, where uh, Aaron Christie, Pumalele Mbane, and the girls will be taking on the likes of Anna Flanagan, Naomi Carroll. And uh, that is being streamed. It's not on traditional super sports. You have to go on dstv.com and stream it. Uh, channel 246 on dstv.com. So if you click through the channels, you won't find it, but it is being televised um, on the internet. Get in there, watch the teams. What a great way. South Africa take on the British. South Africa take on the Irish. And then the Springboks give the British and Irish a clap together. How about we do that? (laughs) What do we do? A hat trick in one day. And uh, obviously we'll be back together uh, with a, a different group of analysts to look after the games tomorrow afternoon. And we'll release it as soon after. So basically, straight after the Springbok game, you'll be able to listen to Hockey the Podcast, Talking Tokyo, uh, every day this week. Enjoy it. Thanks for joining, everybody. Good luck to Tim Drummond, Aaron Christie, and their teams. 
go make us proud, but we know we don't have to tell you that. <laughs>